Hello everyone. Right, let me just find my Q&A questions. Bum, bum, bum. Here we go. Do, 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 do. Hello guys. So we're doing this in like it's still quite light. Hello everyone, hope you're okay. Um I'll give it a couple of secs just to see if people join us this evening rather than watching it back hope you're all well um so tonight it's going to be a q and a i've got one two three four questions to answer this week um so what i'm kind of doing is obviously when you guys ask general questions obviously there's an option to ask questions on the group on the purple post um but there's also an option for you to ask your questions on check-ins. I'll never obviously um, ask questions anonymously when I put them into the live, but your questions on check-ins are always obviously answered on your check-in videos. But if I do feel like it's something that would that a lot of other people would benefit from hearing, like if, I, if someone asks a question, I think, do you know what? A lot of people I think wonder that and I think that will be will be helpful. Um, then I'll kind of pull it off and and add it to the, the QA that week. Um so they'll always be anonymous, but you you might find sometimes that you um hear it kind of the an answer replicated, but um there's a lot of the time when questions are asked, and I think a lot of people would, would benefit from that answer. So um a couple of those I've done this week. Right, I'm going to get started because I think there's a couple of you watching um now, and then obviously the rest of you guys can um listen back on the podcast or on the live when it's up on the wall um so first a question that we've had this week is how can i stop getting bloated around my period um a couple uh, actually a couple of cycle related questions this week um so this and the next one is going to be related to to cycle so first one being how can i stop getting bloated as much around my period so i'm assuming obviously this person suffers from from bloating um, around their period, that is one of their personal symptoms. Remember that everybody suffers differently. Um, some people may get quite severe bloating. Some people get bad cravings. Some people get bad pains, etc. Everybody, um, everybody has similar hormonal fluctuations, but the way that this manifests is in different ways. Um, so, if you are someone who gets quite severe bloating around your period, um, it obviously can be uncomfy. Um, and I think actually sometimes the severity of it, it can differ for different reasons. So some people find that severe bloating can stop them from training, for example. Um, you can find that it can be actually really, really painful and your leggings can like dig in and you can feel super lethargic because you're so bloated. It can affect your appetite because um, anytime you eat, you become super, super bloated. Almost like the bloat like pops out um, and it can just make you feel a little bit bleh I guess and heavy um, and lethargic so a lot of the time sort of if we're feeling bloated it's the knock-on effect not necessarily the bloat but the knock-on effect that becomes frustrating for a lot of people in terms of how it stops you from um, I guess showing up as you want to like your quality of life you feel a little bit meh you, you, everything feels like it's digging in and um, you I guess feel like you, you don't want to train as much if you just feel a little bit slow and, and heavy and whatnot um, 
then there's the kind of other side of it maybe mightn't interfere with your life, but you just maybe don't like the aesthetic of bloating. Um, so I kind of get a little bit deeper as to what it is about the bloating that you really, really makes you feel uncomfortable. Because the bottom line is that we can't stop it. And really the reframe being that nor should we want to. Um, I know it's easier said than done um, when we get hormonal symptoms and obviously the severity of people's hormonal symptoms is on a sliding scale here right so i'm not going to say this is like a sweeping statement um or like a flippant comment but when we get period symptoms i guess the flip side and the reframe look at it can be um actually it's actually a great sign that my body is doing this and that my body is this um it is this healthy to be having this cycle? Now, I know that's, like I say, easier said than done. And in the situation when we are feeling crappy and we are feeling hormonal and, or craving or bloated, it's, you know, it's not the first thing on our mind to be like, oh, you know, this is great because it means my body's healthy. But we do have to reach some level of self of acceptance with it where it's kind of like, right, okay, I can't stop this from happening. Um, and actually, it's a really good sign. Um, although it's not the most enjoyable thing to go through it's not the most comfy thing to go through it is a great sign of health um and obviously we're not comparing ourselves to other people but on the flip side that if you didn't have those symptoms and you lost your period for any reason and your fertility health and not just your fertility health but your general health then suffered as a knock-on of losing your menstrual cycle um and the estrogen drop that comes with that we would then be thinking, oh, you know what, I'd, I'll take the cramps, I'd be grateful for my health again. And I guess a similar thing of like, you know, like when we all lost gyms and, and stuff, and then we all realised how grateful we are to have the gym and everyone wanted to go to the gym again um, over, over COVID. So actually trying to reframe that a little bit maybe and thinking, right, okay, it's crappy, but I can't do anything about it. And actually the reframe being, it's an incredible sign that my body is doing what it should be doing. Um, we, we should be getting hormonal fluctuations. That is part of our physiological process as a female. Um, so... Yeah, I think you, it'll depend how severe, you can't stop it, it's not something that we can fix with a diet or fix with a type of training or, or whatnot. If you are not in a healthy body, you can sometimes find that when you get a little bit healthier in terms of your lifestyle and you start exercising um, and you start thinking about your diet and your nutrition, um, you can find that sometimes symptoms may um start to lessen or not be as severe because your body is becoming healthier um and a lot of the time this this can have a positive effect on on symptoms but sometimes unfortunately for some people symptoms remain severe um and no we can't do anything to stop it but if your symptoms are so severe they are, they are debilitating and they really really negatively affect your life um so if for example you suffer with your mental health around your period or very very severe pains for example that leave you bedridden um my first port of advice would be to visit your gp and to have a conversation with them a couple of reasons being um why they've got severe why they're severe because obviously we'll be expecting a bit of fluctuation a bit of pain a bit of this or that but they should never be debilitatingly bad so question being why are they this severe why are my symptoms this severe um but then the second question also being um that you shouldn't have to live with symptoms that are completely debilitating and if they are that there are some things that doctors can do to help you with that um and to help you manage those symptoms and they could be things like certain medication or um different types of birth control for example you can explore different options it's not just birth control um they actually your um the hormones that are in birth control can help you 
to basically they will create a cycle for you rather than your hormones cycling themselves and can a lot of the time help with the um heaviness or heaviness of a, a, a period or the severity of the symptoms so if they are getting that bad that it is actually really affecting your lifestyle i would say go and speak to your gp even just open up the dialogue um you can start with all the great things that you're doing currently for your health and your lifestyle um, and then obviously speak to them about medical intervention and see where you can kind of meet in the middle of it is that bad but we can't stop it unfortunately um and i guess the only thing that we can do even if, if it is just a bit of an inconvenience is reframe it and think about how much of a great thing it is for our body to be doing that and remember that as long as you don't change your behavior around your period you you know you still um can act in line with your goals and things will, will dissipate after that week so next question, still on the same kind of vein. Um, next question is, does your scale weight settle down around your period with consistent dieting? Um, so again, okay, I think this is in relation to like the um, peaks and troughs of a scale weight. So obviously when we, well, some people actually not every, but this is not the same for everyone, but um, a lot of people will experience a kind of, guess like a disruption on the scale around their period so whether that is you retain a little bit of water around your period and the scale climbs a little bit um more often than not the few days before um you come onto your period and that is in line with the hormones rising as well and then when we come on that's when the hormones dissipate so we get a drop and then that's what induces a bleed um so in terms of the scale weight does it does it settle down with consistent dieting so basically i guess this question is will it get will it stop jumping up and down as much around the period um once you have got your diet in check for example you've got some structure on nutrition um no because it's not it, your period hormonal fluctuations aren't directed directly correlated to your diet at all or your nutrition or even your body composition really like i said in the previous question and to some extent if you are in an unhealthy body for example if you're carrying a lot of um body fat or a very 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 little body fat um then there is slight hormonal disruption on either side there and therefore symptoms can become more severe and more apparent um but in terms of scale weight fluctuations that is solely down to your water retention around your period if you are someone that suffers from that and it's not directed at all to your directed directly correlated at all to your body fat levels um it's completely separate so for example you could be i don't know let's say you've got um a, a fat loss goal and you are in a deficit and you're consistently losing body fat you would still be losing body fat over that time but your scale weight would fluctuate up because you might be to retain i don't know if you're me you retain like three kilos of water the week before um but everybody's different but fat loss is still a care and your body composition is still the same that is still the same line this runs as another line um you will obviously retain a little bit of water then you come on and then that water drops off and then the fat loss is still occurring underneath it um so that cycle still happens and it's not relative at all to your body composition um it's completely normal again it is completely normal to if you are someone who feels that it's a normal side effect um to to gain and it's just important to know what's right for you the, the overarching thing i'd say here is um even if you don't get regular periods to track your symptoms around um your cycle on an, a free app like clue um so even if you don't get them again if you're on birth control like if you're on the pill this might not be helpful because it is chemically induced bleed obviously but if you are um i don't know if you have like a coil where it just affects the actual bleed or anything like that actually even still the pill but you'd probably be pretty astute with it because you know what days you're on anyway because i've taken it um i would just track 
what symptoms you feel um just so that you're aware and even if you don't bleed you might still be getting that hormonal cycle and you might find that on certain days of the week you know what certain days of the month you know how to prepare for it and the same whereas if you if you do bleed you know what your what is normal for you so say for example you might get into three or four months of tracking your symptoms and you might go right on day 26 of my cycle for example i'm always starving or i'm always craving some chocolate for example or you know um, so we could go right okay well if we know you usually around that time that you really struggle we could maybe bring your calories up on those couple of days and then drop it back down to reflect that um you might say i know that on day 27 i'm always floored with energy just before i'm about to come on okay so we make sure that when you do on you don't train for a couple of days on the last two days of your cycle and then you make the first day your period of training day for example um when you hear people like talking about try um uh, planning their training around their cycle it's not really helpful in terms of like a blanket thing there isn't like oh this plan is for what you should do in your luteal phase and this that the other like it's just a load of bollocks because everybody presents differently and everybody's symptoms manifest differently so it's all down to you and if you're really aware of what how your body is around your cycle and what's normal for you you can respond accordingly so if you go right okay i know that i my scale weight fluctuates two days before my period i know that i can put on between I don't know, four or five pounds um, those few days before my period, you know, then maybe, okay, you don't take your scale weight on those few days because if it's going to wreck your head, if you are fine with that and you're fine seeing that fluctuation, then you go, yeah, yeah, I know what that means. Like that makes sense to me around my period because I know why that is because I know that on three days before my period, I usually get a weight spike. Um, if you find it throws you off then you just go, right, okay, I'm, I'm due on on Sunday. So I don't take my weight from wednesday onwards that week so i know those weeks usually sit the stages usually sit a bit higher you carry on with your normal behaviors you start tracking it again a couple of days into your cycle when it's settled down so it's about what's known what's right for you it won't necessarily change unless you're like like i said either way either side of an unhealthy body in terms of you have a lot of body fat to lose or you have a lot of body fat to gain and your hormones have been disrupted as a result of that um but as i say it's it's got nothing to do with your body composition anyway so the the you know, start at the foundation of detaching that is really, really important. Um, let me just see what these notifications are in case there are any um, comments. No, that's fine. Um, okay. So, third question um, is not related to cycle. Um, my progress has slowed, and I think my body might be holding on to body fat now that my calories have lowered. Um, so, this wasn't a question, but something that I wanted to. Um, share um and talk about on the q a this week because i think it was an interesting topic so the notion of um progress slowing down and i guess thinking that uh, you might you guys might have heard the phrase that your body's going into starvation mode um like quote unquote and that um, your body started to hold on to fat because now it's you're not getting as many calories for example um and I'd hate to burst a bubble, but it, it doesn't exist. This isn't a thing that it's like body goes into starvation mode. And this sounds really, um, I don't want this to sound, what's the word, like privileged or kind of anything like that. But the example that I would use would be the horrible images that we see of um, starving people and starving children in, in, in Africa, for example. If that was the case, then... People, you, then you're basically saying that you wouldn't starve to death because you, your body would just hold on to fat when you stopped having food. And we, we know 
in theory, you know in common sense that that doesn't happen. Your body doesn't go, oh, you stopped giving me food. I'll just hold on to this fat then forever. Um, think about what we're saying. If you aren't giving your body enough calories for, to give it energy for what it's doing each day, so your energy output in terms of general movement, function your BMR to just function as a human being, um, you need levels, you exercise, etc., then it will use the fat that's stored on your body. That your basically body fat is um, it's stored energy. It's extra energy that's been consumed that is now stored onto your body. And if we're not giving it enough through our diet, which is again creating a quote unquote deficit, um, then we're asking the body to use the energy it has stored on it, excess body fat, um, as fuel instead. And that's how we burn body fat. Um, so actually think about the law of thermodynamics and think of the bigger picture here. And we know actually when we frame it like that and we actually think about it, that that doesn't make sense at all. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, and this is a spin-off point, but I'm going to include it anyway because I learned this um, a, a, a few weeks ago. Um, when people die from starvation, they actually die from muscle wastage. Um, that is how that's how you die from starvation because your body will break down body fat first um and then it will start to break down muscle tissue and then that's the last kind of energy reserve and then once that is um once that is burnt through then you die of starvation it's an interesting little fact um and that's one of the things of like basically talk about crude measures of like why you should resistance train but literally when you've got muscle tissue on your frame that's it it, it will literally prolong life for a load of different reasons but also like that that is why people do um die of starvation so if you have more muscle tissue on your frame you have more energy reserve in the form of muscle tissue and once body fat's been broken down muscle tissue then gets broken down to secondary so interesting little tidbit um but yeah so think of it in the wider context of the picture like we know that's not the case the often the reason of what's happening here is and i'll explain this what is probably going on here so if your progress has slowed because your calories have dropped lower um what has probably happened is either a you are someone who has been maybe dropping body fat for quite a long time um you have been in a position where you had i guess i guess a, a decent amount of body fat to lose and that might have felt quite quote unquote not easy but pretty linear at first like it was kind of like, yeah 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 and it's coming off it's coming off and then you maybe hit a point where you go right okay that might first stint might have been a little bit easier now it gets a little bit tougher because actually as you start to lose body fat things start to get a little bit harder from a couple of different perspectives in the sense of um, if you've lost two stone, for example, and you've got another two to lose, um, you are now a smaller human being. You take you need less calories to function because you're two stones smaller than you were. Therefore, your basal metabolic rate, your BMR, so the calories that it takes you to exist, is less. Um, so you're you need you need less calories so where you could have actually um burnt calories on a higher calorie goal you actually need less now so you need to push a little bit harder and the same goes when things like with things like um say cardio for example um think about if you or i were to run a marathon versus if paula radcliffe ran a marathon um she would burn a lot less calories because her body is adapted to marathon running or maybe not now i don't know when that's the last marathon she ran but you know what I mean, um, if she were training. Her body's adapted to that, so she would burn a lot less calories, whereas someone like me who doesn't run, I've been on one run in the last, in this year, um, would probably burn a lot more calories, but would burn a lot more calories because my body's having to fight um, to to actually 
adapt to the stimulus because it's brand new stimulus for my body. It feels really, really challenging. Um, so I would burn a hell of a lot more calories than Paula Radcliffe would. Um, and so therefore, when you're doing things like cardio, you're having to push a little bit harder with cardio because now your body's adapted to it. You're fitter. So you have to work harder. So <laughs> like, yeah, there is an element of like, as you get smaller, it, it gets harder to burn body fat. As you get fitter, it gets harder to get fitter again because you've adapted to it. As you get stronger, it gets harder to, to get even stronger because your body's now adapted. That's why we progressively overload resistance training, right? So you can push 60 kilos on the leg press for 12 and then the next week you have to try 65 for example um because that's how we, we build and break down muscle tissue is constantly challenging it because the body adapts to the stimulus so what's probably happened here is that either you um are therefore having to get set a lower calorie goal so you're having to push a little bit harder so it might be an adherence issue that you say for example we'll find you might have been on i don't know 1800 calories for example and you're finding it fairly easy to like to track to that um fit in a little bit of what you fancy not be too hungry because obviously if you drop in body fat um you're going to be hungry you know the idea being that you'll be about 80 percent full at all times and dealing with the fact that you won't always be full that you'll be hungry from time to time um, and you were kind of happy sitting there. And now that you're actually a smaller person and we're having to push a little bit harder, it's becoming harder to fit in the things you enjoy. For, for example, say we dropped your calories to 1,600. It's becoming harder. It's becoming a little bit harder to stick to. And actually, you you think you're sticking to it, but maybe you're not. So maybe whereas on 1,800 calories, you tracked every single thing that went in your mouth. But at 1,600, now you're starting to have things here and there because you're getting more hungry than normal. And... Um, or you're not thinking about, you know, having more higher volume foods, for example, now you're on lower lower calories and thinking, right, now how can I get the most bang for my buck for these lower calories? Um, and you're starting to snack here and there and you're not tracking that. So actually, you think you're having 1600, but there's things here or there that you're not tracking. You, you're grabbing some peanut, a spoon for peanut butter on the way past or you, you're grabbing a couple of biscuits while you're making your tea and you're like, oh, I'm not going to track that. But So you're actually eating 1750 or 1800 still maybe, um, but you you're you've got more of an adherence issue now because you're snacking in between because you're finding it harder to stick to so that's why your progress is slowing because you're closing the deficit um or it could be like we said with cardio that um you've stopped pushing as hard with cardio for example but now we do really need to push harder because you are expending less doing cardio so say for example you might have done 20 minutes of cardio at first and burnt like 350 calories but now you're doing 200 um 20 minutes of cardio and you're burning 180 calories so you're having to work harder to burn the same amount of calories um and also the, the general factor of when you push in and it's hard you you move less when you've got less energy you might be thinking right okay um i i, I feel more tired now so you're less likely to go oh well uh, my step goal is 10,000, well, I've done eight, so I just, that's fine, rather than actually having the energy to go out and do that extra two, it's harder to then go, right, okay, sometimes you're going to have to get yourself and go, right, right I'm tired, but I'm going to go and do those extra 2,000, where you might have had that barrier uh, when you first started dropping body fat, because everything felt a little bit easier, so it sounds like that is more the case of what's going on, one of those, like, multitude of three things, or a combination of all three, that is then closing the deficit, um, it, it does get a little bit harder um and we have to we have to push but if that is what you want then 
we kind of go, right, okay, well, then we need to get our head down and accept that. Um, and then sometimes you reach a point where you're like, do you know what? I'm happy in my body. I'm in a healthy body. And actually that next push isn't worth it for me for, for what I'll need to do. And that's fine as well. Um, you know, once you're in that healthy body, and you, it's your choice if you want to keep pushing it or not. Um, and some people find that happy place and then they're happy to learn to maintain. So um, it could be a case of when we talk about breaking through plateaus, usually we plateau because either we've stopped pushing on the gas we've stopped being as adherent on the calorie front or we've reached that crossroads where now we're a smaller human being and we have to push a little bit further and um we we need to just break through by by, by pushing by pushing more um and i guess what i'll say is that even when you're at maintenance you know you still have to tick these boxes um and the analogy that I use is you, you wouldn't do the washing once and expect the washing to be done forever. Um, yeah, it won't always feel tough and it is easier to maintain. And it might be like, right, get your head down for six weeks and then we pull back up and we hold at maintenance. Um, but there is, you know, always boxes that have to be ticked if you want to live in a healthy body. Um, so that's something to bear in mind as well. Um, okay, and then last question. Let me just check on this again because I'm getting notifications. I just want to make sure that they're not comments on anything. That's fine. Um, okay, now, oh, trying to get my notes with the screen, it's flipping off everywhere. So, final question um, Is it okay to drop my calories if I have overeaten or overdrank at the weekend? Okay, so, yes and no. So, what I'm going to say is, there are some people and some of you actually that might watch this um that have a different calorie structure in the uh, at the weekend to you what you have in the week um some of you actually just naturally you have that because you're quite social at the weekend and you want a little bit more flexibility at the weekend to have a couple of glasses of wine for example or go out for tea um because you're usually more social at the weekend so it makes more sense for you to have a slightly higher calorie goal at the weekend and a slightly lower one in the week um and then the, the net goal over the week is is still the same it's just distributed differently and that's how your calories are function some of you have a linear goal throughout the week because it's only so often that you go out for example and we navigate that on on separate occasions um now the difference between having a goal and um having a weekend goal and a weekday goal and kind of being happy because naturally that's a that's a quite a good target for a lot of people right because usually you'd be more likely to sit and enjoy food a little bit more at the weekend whereas in the week everything feels a little bit robotic because it's like right you're getting up you're going to work you're taking something for lunch you're coming home you're seeing the kids you're having your tea you're going to bed so you're not really sitting down and really relishing meals in the in the week everything's just kind of a bit of a routine whereas at the weekend you might be thinking right okay i can really sit and enjoy this food now so i've maybe you know, I, I want to go out for brunch, for example, and have a little bit of extra calories to play with. Doesn't mean that you open the floodgates at the weekend and you're still accountable to that higher goal, but it just gives you a little bit more flexibility. And that makes sense for a lot of people. Now, the difference between that and saying to yourself, right, I'm going to go out at the weekend and I'm going to have half a bottle of wine or say three glasses of wine. Um, and that'll be about 400, 500 calories, for example. And I'm going to stop at three glasses. Um, I've got that six, six oh, oh, maybe not three glasses. Let's see, two glasses. 300 calories worth of wine. Um, two glasses of wine. I'm going to stop at the two and then I'm going to go on to Diet Cokes. And I'm going to make sure that I don't go out ravenously hungry. Um, and I'm going to pick something from the menu that aligns with my goals. For example, like, um, I don't know. I will have a steak and I will not have the chips. I will sub it out for... Um, an, an extra portion of greens for example um 
now the, the difference between saying that and then actually going out and not having the two glasses of wine and making the choice that lines with your goals and having the whole bottle of wine and then having a three-course meal or having the whole bottle of wine and then having a pizza on your way in and then going oh shit I, I didn't actually do what I told myself I would do there um and saying right so I'm going to reduce calories now for the next few days is that one the first one is proactive the first one is really thinking about the choices that you're making slowing down making good choices acting in line with your goals still holding yourself accountable at the weekend but having that bit of, of flexibility and having self-awareness of what you're doing the second one is overconsumption and restriction they look the same on paper but they're completely different in practice and that's what coaching is right it's behavior um so actually what the second one does is completely take us away from where we want to be it means we go whatever and we have no self-awareness and we don't think about acting in line with ourselves and what we want and showing up for ourselves and doing what we told ourselves we would do and then we can just claw it back and restrict and then end up in this vicious cycle of guilt because we've over consumed and not showed up for ourselves and then we try and claw it back and we punish ourselves for a few days after and that's what we're trying to get away from right and showing that you showing you that you can um have both in a way that aligns with you and actually and i've said this to someone on a concert call today actually it's yeah the body composition that you're aiming for but more often than not it isn't getting to a certain body composition that makes you feel good at the end of a fat loss goal it's um it's the showing up for yourself and it's going do you know what i went out with my mates and i stopped at that second glass of wine and i still had a great night and i don't need that alcohol really as much as i thought i, need, I did and i can sit and have a meal and actually not just be focused on over consuming and gorging and actually think about my night and my time that i'm having with the people that i'm with and etc etc it's all that that makes you feel good not just the actual physical body at the end of it um and you only get that from being proactive and and, and, and doing it in that way so Whilst it is okay in theory and on paper it makes sense, in terms of behaviours, it's not something that I would do. I'm more than happy for people, like I say, to, and there's people in, in um, this group and the people that I work with that have lower calories for the week and higher at the weekend. And I make it very, very clear that what we're not doing is restricting in the weekend and then opening the floodgates and over, sorry, restricting at the week and then opening the floodgates and over consuming at the weekend. It's still making choices that align with your goals. It's still accountability. But it's the fact that if you are on, for example, 1,700 calories at the weekend, you ain't really fitting in two glasses of wine um, and then the overcompensation calories of when someone else cooks for you and you eat out um, and fitting that into your 1,700 calories for the day. So um, it just means that you have the flexibility to not have to say no to things, which is obviously the goal, right, is how can we live life whilst achieving our goals? We don't put life on hold um, to achieve a goal. So in this instance, if you have set a plan of action it's not gone to plan because that's life sometimes it doesn't um and as long as they are the less frequent times you know there will be times when you just go do you know what i got there and i was having a great night and i actually thought about it and thought i'm happy with maintaining or gaining a little bit this weekend um this week for example or maintaining not losing any body fat this week i'm happy with that i'm aware of the consequences of my actions i'm aware that this isn't aligned with my goals and i'm choosing to do this and it's a choice then fine um but what I would say is you just get back to it the next day. There is no need to restrict. You just get back to normal. And actually, the getting back to normal is harder than than it seems, right? Because usually then it's not the case that you had the bottle of wine and the pizza on the way home. You then feel a bit crap the next morning um, because you're hungover. And then you don't continue to make choices that don't align with your goals. And then you don't go for your walk. And then what I always say to people, try not to schedule a training session the day after you're going out anyway. Just make it a rest day. But you don't go out for your walk. 
you don't make nutrition choices that are aligned with your goals um and then all of a sudden it's now been a third of your week because it's been two days rather than just going out for one meal and having a couple of glasses of wine and that is what gets in the way of of long-term goals so i think if it happens every now and again fine just get back to normal the next day the next chance for you to get up realign with your goals is the very next choice so it's waking up and going do you know what I'm going to have a fruit platter. I'm going to replenish my electrolytes because a hangover is being is being dehydrated, right? So I'm going to make sure I drink, replenish my electrolytes, have some fruit, get some micronutrients inside of me and go out and get some fresh air. And then you started the day aligned with your goals and the results will, uh, the, the rest of the um, choices will follow from that. Um, but I would question if it's happening a few more times we need to look at that specifically and and look at some of you where we are doing work around that right now um and we'll bring that up and say right this becomes a sticking point so we need to address this directly and have a plan of action for this um and it becomes about how we're going to show up for ourselves in those moments and address that a little bit more specifically um and try and find ways to navigate it that work for you um but yeah there's a massive difference between being proactive and being reactive in that situation it's really clear that we are it's really important that we are clear on the difference there okay um so yeah that's it guys um four questions this week um quite a nice variety there which is good um and hopefully you all found something helpful in that whether you are um a new client who is new to lives or you are an existing client who's been here for a while hope you all found something um useful there um but as i always say please guys if you have um got any general questions please submit them please never feel afraid to ask them if you are wondering um you know oh what about this or it's just a general question about health and nutrition and fitness fire away it's exactly what you're here for um and if you've got a question it's likely that other people will have a question as well so um yeah never be afraid to to ask these questions guys you never such thing as a silly question so yeah hope all that made um sense hope you all found something useful i hope you all have a lovely evening um if you're watching this now or if you are watching it back when hope you have a lovely day whenever you're watching it and i will speak to you all at some point this week and hope you all have a fabulous um week after listening to this